listen, I use Anchor by Spotify to record my podcast because it's the easiest way to record your podcast. It's got everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can easily distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Like one click easy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to Self-Help Witch, the podcast for spiritual self-healers who are ready to release self-doubt, shame, and external expectations. I'm your host, Dee Michelle, astrologer and self-awareness advocate. In each episode of Self-Help Witch, you'll learn how to cultivate a stronger relationship to yourself through spiritual practices. With each episode, you'll become more confident, clear, and connected to your truth. Let's do it. Hello, 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 and welcome to the very first episode of Self-Help Witch. I'm Dee Michelle. I am your host. I'm an astrologer and a self-awareness advocate, and I am thrilled to finally be doing this. It's been a long time coming, and I'm just so happy that you're here. Now, for our first episode, I thought it would be perfect for us to answer the question, what is a self-help witch? A self-help witch to me is simply somebody who uses self-care tools to transform their relationship with themselves. And for me, this is different than somebody who, you know, reads self-help books, goes to therapy. We do those things too as self-help witches, but the difference is that we recognize that this work is spiritual in nature. And that sort of begs the question, what do we mean when we say spiritual? My guess is when I say the word spiritual, one of the first words that comes to mind is religion. And I want to take a moment to tease these terms out because for a long time, even hearing those words would have made me (laughs) turn this podcast off. I believed that I wasn't spiritual because I wasn't religious. When in fact, I was both spiritual and religious, I just wasn't Catholic, which was the religion that I grew up with. So growing up, I was always really interested in how we got here. I wanted to know the answers to all the questions. I remember being in the backseat of my mom's car when she was, you know, running errands and asking her, how did we get here? And she'd say, God or something, you know, just shut up, whatever. And I would be like, well, how'd God get here? And I just wanted to know all the answers. So I was primed to be a great Catholic, except I felt like there was something missing in my experience of being Catholic. It felt very rote. It felt very monotonous. And it felt devoid of true connection. And of course, as a kid, I didn't have those words. But I felt within me that this was not it. There was something missing from this practice. So as soon as I was old enough, you know, I stopped going to church and I wrote it off as being not spiritual. So spirituality is the practice of being concerned with the spirit or soul. And religion comes from the root word religio, which means to remember, as in to remember your spirit. 
So not only are spirituality and religion neutral terms, but they're certainly not relegated to the realm of these dogmatic, oppressive religions that really have been used for thousands of years to control people, to gain power and maintain power. And of course, there are plenty of really great people who practice the big popular religions and they do good in the world. What I'm saying is just because you don't attend a mega church doesn't mean that you're not religious and that you're not spiritual. You are both of those things if you are concerned with maintaining and fortifying the connection you have to your own spirit, which therefore fortifies and connects your spirit to the larger spirit that we're all connected to. I personally believe it's super important for us if we're moving into self-help work to clarify our relationship with spirituality and religion. Because ultimately, while self-help work is not inherently spiritual, without the spiritual component, I believe that you will be treading water. I can tell you after a decade of reading all the books, seeing all the therapists, making major changes to my life that I thought would help, nothing really helped until I got serious about getting to know my spirit, until I prioritized my relationship with myself, which is ultimately spiritual work, until I remembered religion, until I remembered who I really was, until I came back to my soul, it was not really serving me to be doing all this self-help work. It was working on the ego, which is necessary and needed, but it wasn't working on the spirit. And I'll give you an example. If you're doing boundary work, the ego level work you're doing is establishing that you are an individuated separate entity from other people. Because when you have no boundaries, the root of that is that you feel like you're too connected to other people. You're too tuned in to other people. And so in order to establish boundaries, you have to first tune in to yourself. And you can do that on the ego level. In fact, you have to do it on the ego level. But until you also then add the layer of spiritual work underneath it, and in our boundaries example, it would be understanding that you have a fundamental worth That not only are you different from other people, but you matter enough to have boundaries. You are worthy of boundaries. It's okay for you to say no. You are worthy of being assertive of what you need. Until you have that soul level of self-love, it will be very difficult for you to just establish boundaries because you know you need to. So spiritual self-help work a.k.a. being a self-help witch, has to do with incorporating that spiritual soul-level work in your self-help practice. And as self-help witches, we know that when we get to know ourselves on a deeper level, we are also connecting with that greater consciousness, that vast web that connects us all. And that's why we know for real, for real, that self-help work is not selfish. It is actually a requirement, I would argue, of being a positive, productive force in the world. 
Well, let's break this concept down a little bit further. Self-help and self-care are really the same thing. Self-care is taking responsibility for yourself. And this is very different than the image that comes to mind when someone says self-care. It's not all bubble baths and putting on robes, <laughs> or I don't know what else people think of, but it's not all that, right? It's kind of like dirty. It's getting down in there and seeing what's really going on, and it can get pretty messy. It's not easy to dig into the truth that sometimes we've been ignoring, sometimes we've needed to ignore to protect ourselves. But I say that because self-care is really taking responsibility for yourself, self-help, which is the practice of helping yourself, is essentially the same thing as self-care. Both concepts have to do with taking care of yourself in order to be the best person you can be, which will help the collective. So it is spiritual work for sure. And one more thing to add, when we talk about self-help, it is challenging to not internally wince. And that's because like religion, self-help has degraded into an almost pejorative term for people who are like bordering on narcissism with their internal work. And I just want to clear the air and say that because self-help and self-care are the same thing, they are both pointing to the same concept, which is this internal work we do to become better people. There is not only nothing wrong with self-help, but there is a necessity for self-help for all of us. We all need to recognize that no one's coming to save us. And if we want to have the lives we've always dreamed of, and if we want to be a positive, productive force in the world, we are required to look honestly at ourselves. Because without that honest, objective awareness, that can only come from quiet time, routines, rituals that help us go deep into what's really going on within us. We're going to be, to some extent, running our lives on autopilot. And I personally cannot think of anything more frightening than getting to the end of my life and realizing that I wasn't really present for it. <laughs> Side note, I was an English major and The Death of Ivan Ilyich is a short story that I highly recommend if you're interested in the concepts that I'm talking about. Uh, definitely not a happy story, but really does a good job conveying that idea that we only have one life to live. So let's reclaim self-help as not a pejorative, not something to be embarrassed about, but something that helps us and helps the collective. Now we talked about self-help, but what about the witch part? <laughs> so there's kind of three different ways that we conceptualize a witch in our society today. The first is the Halloween trope of the green face and the haggardness, living in the woods, gonna eat Hansel and Gretel. There's this stereotypical old lady um, and she is evil and casting spells and 
causing harm to anyone who crosses her. Then there's the more religious conception of a witch where we're talking about people who practice earth-based religions like Wicca and lots and lots of others. We're observing the wheel of the year and these holidays. And then there's also a third more general conception that I'd like to explore, which is a person who recognizes the power of the natural world, sees it and works with that power in order to manifest the reality they desire. Now this third kind of witch is the kind of witch that I'm talking about when I say self-help witch. And a self-help witch can absolutely practice the earth-based religious practices that I'm speaking about, but I don't believe that's a requirement to be a witch, and I don't believe that that's a requirement to be a self-help witch. Because what makes a self-help witch a witch for me is that we are using our self-care and self-help toolkit to clarify what we want. Let's think of something that is pretty much a defining feature of witchcraft, which is spell work. Spell work is, at its most basic form, stating an intention and then directing your energy to that intention manifesting in the real world. You cannot do that if you don't know what you want. And for those of us who need self-help work, which as I've said is all of us, <laughs> but for those of us who are really like working through something and actively processing, we often need something to help us clarify what we want because our desires have gotten so tangled in other people, in outside expectations, in what we think we're supposed to do. The list goes on. But the bottom line is we lost that clear connection to what it is we desire. And as we engage in self-help practices, what we're doing is refining that channel. We're getting clearer on what we stand for, what's important to us, what we're willing to work for. And you literally can use your self-help work as spell work. And that is something I do and I'd love to talk more about on the show. Spells are not just for external things. My belief is that you can use your spell work to not only manifest things in the material world, but to enact real change within yourself. And through the process of having to clarify your intention and directing your energy toward what you desire, you are both embodying the witch archetype and you are also engaging in self-help work. So to me, a self-help witch, it's almost redundant because I think self-help work is magic. It's alchemizing pain, fear, disconnection, confusion into clarity, joy, motivation, hope, faith. And we can say vice versa that witchcraft and magic is self-help because in order to practice it, we have to know what we want. And so these two practices really build on each other. And when we put them together, we just amplify the strength that both of these practices can provide us. Another way that self-help work mirrors the work of practicing witchcraft is in the element of ritual. 
And let's think about what self-care is. It's pretty much ritual work, right? We can't just sit down to journal once a month and expect big things to change and big revelations to occur. Real self-care requires repetition. It takes time to build those grooves and to really like go deep into our practices. It's something we have to do ritually, routinely. And a defining feature in a witch's practice is ritual work. I find that my self-care practices, the more I made them sacred, the more I ritualized them, the more powerful they became. The better, sturdier of a container they were for me to really see myself clearly. Now I mentioned earlier that I did not see myself as a spiritual or religious person for most of my adult life. And when I came to self-help and self-care work, I was still not someone who identified as spiritual. So I was approaching journaling as the mental exercise where I was emptying my thoughts, I was gaining perspective on what was going on in my brain, and that's all great. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a powerful practice. But the more I did it, and the more special that time became to me, because I was doing it over and over again, coming back to it, the more I thought about spirituality again, because I realized there was something special about what I was doing. It felt like I was connecting to a part of myself that I'd been missing for a really long time. And eventually I realized that was my spirit. I was connecting to my spirit. And that is a spiritual practice by definition. I was remembering myself. I was engaging in a religious practice. Because in remembering my spirit, I was able to reconnect with the creative consciousness. And it was only through those self-care routines and rituals that I was able to reclaim that for myself. As I came back to myself through my self-care practices, and as they became more of a ritual, rather than a routine, which can kind of feel like a task on a to-do list, a ritual is something that you do like a routine at the same time, perhaps, or the same uh, intervals of time. But it takes on this greater depth because you make it sacred by whatever feels sacred to you. And that's the beauty of your self-care practice is it can look literally any way you want. The actual things you're doing matter less than the energy you come to the practice with. And for me, I just eventually recognize that as spirituality, a spiritual practice. To come back to the concept of a witch, what makes us witches as self-help witches is first of all an individual choice, but the overarching things we do that align us with the energy of a witch are ritual work and setting clear intentions. And to take it a step further, directing our energy toward those intentions becoming a reality. It does not matter if the intentions we're setting, the spells we're casting, are internal or external. The process and the energetic behind it is the same. We are clarifying our intention, directing our energy toward that reality, and then taking concrete steps in the material world to make it happen. So we are self-help witches.
So that's what it means to be a self-help witch. And I can't wait to make more episodes that support you and just create a community for us who are doing the work of self-healing because this shit is tough and it helps a lot to have a community. So I am so excited to hold that space for us. Moving forward, I'll be talking a lot about astrology for self-awareness, which was the ritual that helped me so much in my self-awareness journey. And I'll be bringing on other practitioners to share what they've learned, what helped them, and for them to share their stories of recovery. It's so important, I think, when we're doing this work to know we're not alone. And that's really why I'm here with you doing this, because I know what it feels like to feel so lost and swept away in a situation you never saw coming. And to have to rebuild your identity from square one, it's hard. And what makes it easier is knowing you're not alone. And you're not. I'm here with you and I'm here for you. And I'm sending all my love. Talk to you next time. Oh my gosh, if you're listening, that means you made it to the very end of the episode. And it probably also means you liked what you heard. If that's the case, please hook us up with a five-star rating and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't ever miss an episode. You can also find me on Instagram at self-help witch. Bye.